Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs podcast. Oh, nice. Ho, ho, ho from Santa. Chris, Santa was good to you, Andy. Uh, Andy, we're on season five, episode number nine. Tonight's the sports edition. Today is January 1st, New Year's 2024. And so what are you wearing there? You got a Gophers? I got my Gophers sweatshirt on, but I got my Kraken hat. You know, I was doing some shopping and almost almost picked up a uh, Seattle Kraken hat the other day at the mall. And um, I'd like to get their cap. I did not get the tentacle like I asked for, but I did get a hat instead. Nice. Shipping, well, you know. Shipping. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, to the listeners yeah. out there. We're first show of 2024. 2024. And, and what we'll do, Andy, is this. Let's start off with the trivia question relating to that very Seattle Kraken team. Segways. We're working on our segways this year, yes. So today is the 15th installment of the NHL Winter Classic, where they play the outdoor. They pick a a major league baseball stadium outdoors and play it or college football, or sometimes they've even used pro football, but typically they're baseball. They move it around and have two teams play that are uh, high profile, big names or something. And in that area too, like Seattle and Vegas, they were there. They weren't going to have Seattle and Tampa play each other. They kind of keep it. So, so they elected Seattle to host it because they could have the Seattle Kraken play. They've only been in the league. Three years, I think, yep. uh, against the Vegas, uh, the Vegas Golden Wild. Knights. Oh, the Knights, the Golden Knights from Vegas. That's I think has only been around also for. And, a and they're defending champs. They're the defending champs. It's the two newest expansion teams. They hosted it in Seattle. Open the roof for the Seattle baseball, the Mariners, where they play and put the ice arena hockey down there and got all these fans in to watch these. Now, I turned it on for a little bit. Not a big hockey fan, but turned it on. thought the uniforms were kind of weird or strange or, or different. So I looked them up, and I'm tying into here to the trivia question. I looked them up, and I didn't know this, but typically on those winter classic, they always do the throwbacks. They'll always wear the throwback sweaters. Yeah. They try to make it make it fun. It's outdoors. It's old school. It's in the elements, and they were the throwback. And so it got me thinking that you know, Vegas is, is new. There hasn't been hockey in Vegas. What's What are they going to wear for throwbacks? Because I didn't know where the jerseys came from. The Seattle Kraken was not their normal jerseys. It was throwback. But I didn't know where it came from. So the question is, where do the Kraken uniforms and the Knights, both, we'll go with both, where do they come from? Where do they get the okay. uniforms or the ideas for the uniforms for throwback? for both teams for today's event. All right. We'll get the answer at the end of the show. Uh, but but anyway, for those of you watching, the uniforms are different, kind of weird. Uh, throwback, and we're used to throwback, but the teams are both new. The teams are both new in the expansion of NHL. So that was the question. I'm going to bring up your notes here. Yes. First Andy, of all, yes. our friend Rhino at Tom Ball Tuesday. Has an event coming up on uh, Sunday at the Hit Club. The batting cages out in Arden Hills. Oh yes! Now you can drop off stuff for uh, supporting baseball in Columbia. Um, uh, Cambodia, Cambodia. Cambodia. I'm sorry, Cambodia. Um, he's got it on his Twitter page. Um, he's got it. He just put it on his Facebook today. We have it here and we've shared it. A lot of the town ball teams have shared it. I've noticed on the social media. Um, so you can just find his information out there if you're uh, listening. That's where you have to go if you're watching. Just kind of hold this page for a little bit, hit pause. There's all your info, what they're looking for. Batting gloves, youth attire, spikes, cleats, etc. 
Um, you can reach out to him at Tomball Tuesday on Twitter, or he's got his email address on there too. Questions, concerns, either that, or you can get a hold of us here at the show too, and we could uh, pass information on to Rhino on that. Nice yeah, big um, we've donated some things before. Uh, he goes out there once once a year and, and delivers, uh, you know, baseball equipment and, and such, and then he posts it on social media. And now he's getting the next thing ready. You know, in Minnesota here, Andy, you know, outdoor baseball, of course, there it's non uh, non existent here in the winter. But the hit club for those unfamiliar, it's a it's a batting cage. It's a it's a it's a service that people have actually baseball leagues and, and, uh, and tournaments and stuff. It's indoor cage. You can play and sign up and go, go to leagues and stuff. It's not just the hitting, but they do the hit tracks. It does how far the ball went. Was it an out? Was it a single? Yeah. Is there a runner on base? If you hit a double, will that score the run? They play these, I don't know if they're three or six inning games um, or nine inning games with, uh, with the players. It's unbelievable to see the hits, runs, and things, and you actually have win-loss standings, and that's where they take a place. And that a lot of the, a lot of the town ball groups in the over thirty-five league here in the, in the state of Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, gather and do things there at the Hit Club. Very popular place up in Arden Hills. And you know, not only stuff if you have things to donate, um, like Rhino said before too, um, the stuff doesn't ship for free. So if you want to donate some cash to get a hold of Rhino, he'll always take cash to help with shipping also. Oh, yes, yes. So he is shipping it over there. That's right. Sometimes you know, he, he ships it, sometimes he goes. He goes but, and know. makes a delivery, but he also ships it during the year. So he does need um, funds there for the shipping. That's right. Yes. Starting off with a soapbox for you, Dan. I like it. Get the new year off to a bang. Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. Georgia's won the last two ties they've been in, 63-3 to this year and 65-7 to last year. Okay. Um, a lot of it is just because of, well, <laughs> players sitting out. Now, Georgia had a lot of guys that were injured or transfer transfer portal. Okay. And Florida State has had a lot of uh, opted out to injury, a lot of transfer out. Um, coach for Georgia, just he's even got a problem with it. And this is my problem, too. These kids are just like, I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm not. I'm not a starter here. I'm not playing enough here. Look at all those guys that are transferring out on the Georgia side and on the Florida side. That's a team. So, if guys, we're a team right there. You went to a college, you signed a contract for a four-year scholarship, but after a year, coach makes me run too hard. Oh, cry, cry, cry. I'm a prima donna. Whatever. You're at Georgia. You're gonna be in the top four, top six at least every year. Florida State, you're getting scouts down there in Florida. What do you want to transfer out for? That part I don't understand. The guys who are claiming injury or I got to get ready for the draft. What better way to show off your skills in a draft than a bowl game? You play three or four games at the beginning of the year against JUCO schools or Division three to Division two schools. Now, I know we support Division two here, so I'm not ripping on them, but still. You're, you're, you're playing – Easier talent, not as capable talent. You're Georgia for crying out loud, or Florida State. You're in a great conference. You got tough talent there. You want to sit all the bowl games? You want to go ready for the draft? What kind of attitude is that? I don't want a player who's going to not play because why do I play this game? I might get hurt. You're playing football, dude. You're going to get hurt. How many times do we hear a year? It happened with uh, with a quarterback a couple years ago who just 
blew a knee in a non-contact drill. You know, it happens. So not going to play in a game for the draft. I'm just, and this is another reason why I'm so sick of the bowl games. No one plays in them. They're not in the championship. They don't want to play. I'm going to take my ball and go home. And tonight we saw Michigan and Alabama and Washington and Texas. They haven't played for a month. So they had to get all these other worthless bowl games in that no one wanted to play in. Give them a week off. Let's hit the playoffs and be done with it. NASCAR. Sad news in NASCAR. Kelly Yarbrough passed away the other day. Um, Kelly Yarbrough was one of the first guys I started kind of liking when I was a kid watching NASCAR. Um, he had the Hardee's car. And if you just looked at Kelly Yarbrough, he just kind of looked like he looked like a dad. He looked like a car guy. Um, and then that's what attracted me to him. He just looked like a car guy. And he had the Hardee's car. Fat little kid. Of course, I'm going to like the Hardee's car. I didn't know how to like the Copenhagen car yet or the Miller Lite car yet. I knew what the Hardy's car was, so I liked him. I had the big plastic car, his said Hardy's on it. I had his stuff. Um, but yeah, he passed away. Uh nothing major, just age. Just had a good life. So uh look for NASCAR to maybe do some stuff for Kale this year. Um tributes and stuff like that. So hmm. You want one more, please? Yes. Dan? Yes. Another soapbox. Oh, nice. USA Boxing has allowed transgender women to compete against female boxers under certain conditions from the 2024 after introducing a new policy. And, of course, this is on Riley Gaines' site. Our girl Riley, she put on there, do you understand what this means, she says? Men will be glorified for beating up on women. Not only glorified, they'll be de deemed brave for such actions. I mean, this is the worst can of worms I've seen opened yet. Uh, this story was on Twitter or on uh, the Facebook. We shared it on our social media. You can go find it. Uh, you can find Riley Gaines. Uh, there's the writer, Isabel Baldwin of DailyMail.com. Had this up on the 30th of December. You can find her article there. Just that, oh my goodness. So transgender men who want to say they're women are going to box women. Well, well, Andy, so here's the thing, you know, for the listeners out there is that most of these sports have, have uh, after, you know, Riley is the good thing that she's done is exposed some of these yep. shenanigans here that are going on. And they and they pulled the plug. They said it's not going to happen. It can't take place. We can't do it. It just doesn't work. So now we get this article coming out saying that they will, in fact, a sport like boxing, they will allow it under certain conditions. Well, that's still beside the point. Riley's right once again on her tweet. But after all this, basically, that has been proven wrong. It does not work. It, in fact, backfires. Boxing is now going to say, okay, let's uh, let's try it. Let's, let's test it out. Uh, slippery slope, indeed. I like what she said there. Yeah, I mean, it all started with Riley. She's a swimmer. The whole uh, Leah Thomas thing, that's where it all started from. And don't get me wrong, there's some sports. There's been – there was a woman – there was an NHL goalie like 10, 15 years ago. I got – fine. You want to be a goalie in hockey? Fine. A woman in a man's sport. Uh, there was a woman pitcher for a while in the, man, in the minors, the Saints for a while. Um, I've bowled leagues and got my butt handed to me by women many a time. Um, 
But there's just some sports where you can't. It's different. Boxing, swimming, track, you know, you tennis, you just can't. It's different. So this is just going to be uh, yeah. one to watch. I want to see how the story folds out later. And I could see with, you know, uh, shooting or archery or, you know, yep. so those or I, I don't have that would not even be a story. Uh, but this is this yep. is boxing. I mean, for goodness sakes. 41. Yes. 41 days till spring training. Oh. Which leads me to my little baseball meme of the day from the great Willie Stargell. So Sandy Koufax's birthday. So coming up, he goes, trying to head to Sandy Koufax is like trying to drink coffee with a fork. <laughs> 41 days of spring training, Sandy Koufax's birthday, and the great Pirates uniforms of the 70s and 80s. Worst official in sports, I, I don't see the difference. Um, the Detroit Lions-Dallas Cowboy game the other day, the guy comes in, checks in as eligible, the ref sees it, they throw the ball to the guy, he says ineligible receiver. Um, there's going to be some rule changes, I guarantee, this year. Where we went, okay, first of all, a lineman has to come in and say, Hey, look at my uniform number. I'm an eligible receiver. Yet you allowed running backs, receivers, and corners to all wear whatever number they want now. So you've kind of thrown that because it used to be your position was your uniform number, oh. except for linemen. Okay. Um, pretty soon you have to hit, and in that, the coaches for the Detroit Lions talk to the officials before the game. Hey, we might have two guys come in to be eligible. So they knew to look for this coming up. They did what they did, and they said they never did. What I think the rule change is going to be is when you come talk to the ref to do it, kind of like in basketball, you check in at the table. You're checking to the ref, and he's going to have to announce. If he doesn't announce, hey, number 64 is eligible, he has to officially announce that. That's going to have to be what the rule is to change it. So. There's none of this, I didn't hear you, I didn't see you. You stand in front of his face till he announces to everybody that you've checked in as eligible, which I thought they were supposed to do anyway. Yeah, so. it's. I got a question, and you might know the answer is, I thought that the ref then would write it down on a little piece of paper, much like the umpire in a baseball game, yeah. come someone pinch running, pinch hitting, he'd get out his little scorecard and add it. Yep. Hey, number 61, coming in, eligible lineman on this one play. Yep. Get out your card, write it down. Do they not do that, or is it just supposed to be just a verbal thing anyway? I, I thought it was just verbal, but I've always heard sometimes during a game the ref has announced it. So he must have just done that on his own times I've heard it. Well, I think that they need to make that official. You've got to say something. Those are when the mic then the refs are mic'd up and we hear those, but I don't yeah. think they're broadcast uh on the public address announcing. But you're right. Typically no, there's they one, should, is what I'm saying. there's one player. That comes in and announces once they get down by the goal line, and and recently they've been using two here with you know Detroit, uh, you know fact or not is that there's room for error. There's there's room for her, yeah. human error there that someone either missed it or forgot they heard it or didn't write it down or they thought they got acknowledgement that hey I, I checked in, so they go to the replay and they show the player going up to the ref, right as if he's checking himself in while the ref mm -hmm. is talking to someone else, another player, the other player walks away and, and you know, there's no confirmation there that he got checked in. Well, he thought it was a different player. He said number he seven. Thought it was someone else. And then, you know, so now there's confusion. 
I did not watch the game, but I heard all about this the next day. It was huge, huge news. And you know, the question is, uh, does the umpire or the or the ref in this case, can't they just come forward and say, look, I made a mistake. I know that he came up and told me, but I was focused on something else. I made a mistake. Sorry, my fault. Or go back and check the replay. Yes, Again, he did come up to me. We'll overturn the call, and it's a touchdown. Um, how hard can it be? I mean, it was but a scary they, play. Don't they get reviewed anyway? Why couldn't they review that part of it too? Yes, and so they they all dig their heels in, and they don't want to admit a mistake. But you're right. It's There's too many variables, human variables in play here that allows for something to get missed or misrepresented. Or I thought that he, you know, uh, winked at me and uh, confirmed. You know, we had that the other day with Kansas City, the guy lining up for the, yeah. for the wide receiver. Looks down the line to the ref and, and double checks to confirm that he's lined up, even though he's offsides, uh, not offsides, but in the neutral zone. And he says, look, I got confirmation. That's why I checked with the ref. And he said it was good. Well, obviously he wasn't. So what what went wrong there? And so all of these things are human error. And it's very frustrating. Or, you know, like if you ever watch soccer, pro soccer, especially European soccer. Well, there's a substitution. The guy holds up a big hold card and says, hey, number 18's coming in, number five's coming out. Have something like that. And the side judge could see it, acknowledge it. Yes, I see it. Okay, you're good. You know, something needs to change on that rule. Yeah, it's it's too much. Now, does Detroit need two guys coming into, you know, uh, do to be eligible? That's up to them. That's it's It's legal. They can certainly do it. It makes it more difficult. But I think if you want bigger guys on the line, because it might be a running play for a two-point conversion or goal line. You only can have so many guards and everything at the line, so he has to check as an eligible receiver like a tight end. So um, You can't have four guards on one side and three guards on the other. You have and so the, the, the jerseys, you mentioned earlier the jerseys, and in the past the centers, guards, and tackles always wore something in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. Yep. 50 through 79 was the only numbers that they could wear. Is that the same now, or can they wear different numbers also? I think linemen still wear the same numbers because they're not glory hounds like the receivers or the safeties okay. or the corners gotcha. who want to wear number four or three or zero. So or they'll come in and notify the, the 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 ref and say, I'm going to be eligible for this particular play. They acknowledge it, and the play goes on. Well, how did this get screwed up? I don't know, but it did cost them – the game and a possible seating and a possible home field and all this other domino yep. effect, which is the real heartbreaker of this whole thing, is all right. that stuff. The game itself was still a good game, and they scored the touchdown. But, wow. Some NCAA stuff. Caitlin Clark now has the all-time assist record. Okay. Got that against the Gophers. So congratulations to Caitlin. With 35 points and 10 assists, Caitlin Clark has her eighth career game of 35-plus points and 10-plus assists. The rest of Division One over the last 25 years has a combined 10. She alone has eight. <laughs> it's just amazing. So she's just something else. And there's her career stats. First player in D1, D1 ever, so male, female. 3,000 points, 900 assists, 800 rebounds. The, the, the record book is good, basically pretty soon be called Caitlin Clark, four years at Iowa. Yeah, imagine the, the, the stadiums or arenas named after her in the future, the, the statues in 
Big Ten, Iowa City, out. Uh, Big Ten, all these things, uh, how impactful she has been on the sport. But I thought it was funny as the Gophers put a big thing up. Oh, our game against Iowa here at the barn is all sold out. It's not because of you girls. It's because of Caitlin. Just admit it. Yes. <laughs> Don't take the credit that we're so good. We sold out. No, they're coming to see Caitlin. So yes, just relax. Correct. And you want another one, Dan? Yes, please. Another one. more soapbox for you. Here is the Sugar Bowl press conference. Texas quarterback Quinn Evers. He's just sitting there. Everybody else talking to Archer Manning, who probably won't play. Why oh, was Archer I, out there for media day? I didn't see this. This is awesome. Why was he even out there? And why would you want to talk to him when the guy who's playing in the game in the semifinals, no one wants to talk to him. You want to go talk to the Manning kid. And I'm not – I don't have no problem with Arch Manning. I, no, no. I, I could care less if he does whatever. But as a fellow journalist, why are you over there talking to him? You see, one of the microphones there is CBS Austin. That's Austin, Texas. You get to talk to him all the time. So what are you doing there? <laughs> you know? And look at the other guys around. They're like, well, Rails is over here. I better be here too. Why, well, why, why? It's the a great quarterback in the semifinals is over there and no one's talking to him. It's a great shot because it's a great point. The focus with these journalists and whatnot is the squirrel mentality. Someone yelled squirrel, Arch Manning's over here. They all go flocking and you miss out on Quinn errors, the starting quarterback in the national semifinal game. He's, no one's talking to him. Brings back to the Super Bowl press conference with Marshall, with uh, uh, Guy Fusiel. Let's talk about his... Russell. Russell was Lynch. Oh, Lynch. Marshawn. Marshawn Lynch. He's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Okay, if this kid's out there, he's got other things to do than sit at a press conference. He's got to get ready for the semifinal game. And you're all over there talking to Arch. Yeah, the, the players are uh, focused on the game and the big game that it is. The media is the ones that came up with this, you know, media day, media event, yep. and forced the kids to go down there. They demand we to want to talk to them. I don't there think I it's an option. They've, they've got to go. So they've got to shut down what they're planning to do that day or that afternoon or for a couple hours, get dressed up and answer questions. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be answering questions. They don't want to be doing this. The media wants them to do it. And now they're focused on Arch. I got no beef with Arch, like you said, but, you know, poor Quinn. He wants to go maybe spend time with his family while they're in New Orleans for the day. Nope, I got to sit by myself. Some AEW news. Um, yes. I did a little preview show for their pay-per-view last night. I got one wrong. Oh, well. Okay. Um, one news. Their champion, who did lose last night, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, they took him off their page. His contract technically ended last night. Now, is this a storyline? Is it, you know, or not? Is it real or is it story? Um, he is technically not under contract, so he's not he's not listed on their active roster. His big gimmick that he had going all year was, I'm a free agent in 2024, so it's going to be, you know, the two companies will be buying for my services. So are they? Was that a storyline? Is his contract really up? Can he show up at WWE tonight or whatever? Who knows? Um, if he thinks he's going to WWE and getting a bunch of money, he's sadly mistaken. They will lose him in the shuffle so fast it will hurt, but he'll have his check so he won't care. 
kind of like a lot of other, other sports. He'll go there for the money. He'll think he's he's going to go sign with the Yankees, and you're going to be the third-string shortstop. So, But you get your money, and that's all that matters to you, then do it. If you truly love the business, you'll take a little bit less, stay here, and be a champion. So it's up to you. Interesting. High school boys hockey – or basketball, I'm sorry, basketball. Here we go. Standings as of this week four, December 27th, 4A. Boys basketball has got – was that a Park Center, Lakeville North, are your top three? Um, Minnetonka undefeated at fifth. Farmington at sixth, undefeated. The rest have one or two losses, but high school sports, you play a lot of non-conference tough teams early on, so – that's why the four and two Lakeville North or five and two Shakopee Sabres could be ahead of the five and zero Skippers or the seven and zero Farmington. So, give it time; it'll all work itself out in the end. Three A: Tino Grace, Alec, and Mankato East are your top three. But don't make St. Martin drop from two to ten. They're at three and two, so they must have lost to someone they shouldn't have. Two A: Breck Holy Family, Minneapolis North. MVL, Minnesota Valley Lutheran at six, Bell Plain at eight. Welcome to the top 10, Eden Valley Watkins and Albany. Hmm. And 1A, Cherry, Dawson, Boyd, and West Central Area are your top three. There's Fertile Bull Trammy at nine. That's up north by Red Lake County. Some northern schools there. Gals Basketball. Tonka one, St. Mike Albertville two, Hopkins three. Three A, De La Salle, Alexandria area and Benilde St. Margaret, Delano at five. Two A, Albany, Providence Academy, Minnehaha Academy. Jordan at five. Dan, question for you. Yes. What is the Jordan girls team? The men of the Hubman. What are the the ladies are the Jaguars. Okay. I couldn't remember. Different, different nicknames, yes. And I know you knew someone who went to Jordan at one time, so I need <laughs> you to know that. Yes, correct. You got a friend of a friend. A good trivia question. What is a Hubman? Or is that uh, another show for another day? Well, it's a, the hub is the uh, the big thing back in the day was the hub of the county. Everything took place in the hub of the county. Oh. And you wanted your town wanted to be the hub. And so Jordan and Scott County was the hub. Their nickname was the Hubman. This was before women's girls sports girl. came in. So now they got girls sports and they had a dilemma and they called them the Jaguar. So now they've got two nicknames. Right. Very strange question. It comes up every year. That same question comes up and it's, they wanted to put an end to it by, uh, by voting to have a, an all new team and nickname boys and girls, all new logo, all new uniforms and everything, but it just keeps getting voted down. So um, they are different. Yeah, another good things. old boy still there to keep it up, huh? Yes, yes. All right. 1A, gals, Mountain Iron Bowl in first. Shocking. Every sport, they're tough. Yeah, they're there. Boys hockey, it's that time of year again. Tonka was at a Chan Edina, one, two, three, four. Chan has to really increase in their sports with football this year, no hockey. They're getting some good players there in Chan. Watch for them. Now, this was the rankings after the 27th. Tonka 8-0, Wyzetta 8-0-1. They played each other last night. 
for their night to a tie. Okay. So Wazetta's 8-0-2, and Mentanka's 8-0-1. So. And there it is. Ta. Wow, that's good stuff. And in the late conference, because of the other games, that was Tonka's first conference game. So they're in third place with one point for the tie. Well, as I was in second place, because they've had two ties. They tied Ian Prairie, who lost to Edina. Do the simple math, you could figure that out by looking at the standings there. Edina's got the one win. Ian Prairie's got the one loss. I wonder how that happened, you know. So there you go. And Class A boys, Hermantown, War Road are the top two. Again, I'm pretty sure you can flip those around throughout the year. And the girls' hockey. Hill Murray, Mendetonka, Andover. One, two, three, Edina, five. 1A, Orono, Academy of the Holy Angels. Or just of Holy Angels, I guess. Crookston at nine. And that's all I got, sir. That's good stuff. <clears throat> Busy time of the year here when it comes to high school sports. End of the you year. Start gabbing in them. Yep. The non, you know, this they start off with all the non-conference and all of these other games and whatnot, and it starts really in in earnest January. This is going to start good games, good matchups here. Their conference schedule. Yep. Conference. You know, this conference schedule kicks off. So I got a big uh, college uh, information. College bowls for you. Yes. Big ten. As of today, Michigan beat Alabama in overtime. Wisconsin got beat. Iowa got beaten. So overall, the record is five and four. The Big Ten teams won five games. Big Ten teams lost four. Uh, they're done now, except for Michigan will have that one game left on uh, a week from tonight for the championship national title. But Michigan's the first team other than Ohio State in the Big Ten in the last 10 years in the new format to even win a game in the semifinals. Only Ohio State's ever done that, and they've done it twice, going on to win it and then winning, losing it in the finals. So they've won a semifinal twice. It took Michigan overtime to do it. But I think you know, you're know you right with that comment about that Georgia game. I didn't know that the Georgia had so many opt-outs on your soapbox. I know that the focus on the media was – Florida State opting out. Injuries, portal, they're leaving. Part of it was due to protesting that they didn't get in. So they wanted Georgia had those opt-outs, and they still won by 60. Yes. And then Georgia had 27 guys out. I didn't know that. I thought they were playing with a full squad. They both had 27 out, and Georgia still won by 60. So that's the sad state of affairs. Uh, Florida State was undefeated. I repeat that. Undefeated coming into that game, and they got beat by 20. Uh, the line was uh, beat by 60. The line was 20 points, which I thought yeah. was over the top, a little so, unnecessary. Michigan's the only undefeated team left. The others that were undefeated are all lost. Now, Texas and, Wisconsin and Washington are playing right now, but of those who have played that were undefeated. Very interesting. Uh, now, the other thing is, you know, the Gophers. We're uh, here to educate, Dan. We're here to educate. And so that Florida State-Georgia game on last week's episode, I, I said – actually could be one of the best bowl games that there is a, a four a five against a six an undefeated team that's that's angry to come back to win against a very good team Georgia that won back-to-back -back national titles that's probably your best game to watch over the weekend well you it turns out there wasn't oops oops so they, they won by 60 uh 
they had a largest margin of victory in last year's game, I think, in the title game. And now this year, they Georgia beat you know their own record of uh, margin. By this time, they went to 60 points. They, they scored over 60 back-to-back times in a bowl game. And they were a high-ranked team where they should. So they played the Gophers. The Gophers. One was a national title game, and one was uh, a five against the six. Um, yeah, two teams that should have been in the 3-4 game. Yes. So, Arguably, yeah. That's how good that program is. Uh, once again, those teams, the, the SEC is just unbelievable. Now, the other news here, Andy, is this. I'm going to bring this up. The news that made news here this week, in fact, today, uh, we've it been talking a lot of the break room. Stuff. What's that? It was all the talk in the break room here at the studio. Yes, it, it was. They announced, uh, I think a couple days ago, that, or, or two days ago, the XFL – We've covered this a lot. You know, what are they going to do? XFL has eight teams. USFL have eight teams. One team league runs, I think, March and April. The other one runs May to June. What are they going to do? They're both losing money. They're going to have to get combined. They're going to have to combine sooner or later. So they announced it. They announced they're going to form the UFL, combining from a business standpoint, the XFL and the USFL into one league. Fair enough. They're going to start playing March 30th. No surprise by by anybody. But then today they announced the teams. They have a USFL division and an XFL division. So it's not what most people thought. These eight teams and these eight teams are going to combine and have a 16-team league. They still can't really make ends meet unless they only have eight teams. So they pick four from the USFL, four from the XFL, and that's going to be the UFL. So if you look at the graphic there on the right, there's only eight teams. Those are the teams. They picked four from the XFL, four from the USFL. That's going to be the name of their division. There's going to be the USFL division, the XFL division, and a new league called the UFL. So And Texas still has three teams. Yes. And so the other teams, what's going to happen, and the purpose for this uh, for this segment here, the announcement was, was one thing, not that big of a deal, but now you have four teams, and a roster full of players of four teams from the USFL and four teams from the XFL that now are going to, I believe they're going to dissolve from a business standpoint. They're going to shut those teams down, but the players under contract from those are going to go into a player draft. I believe a separate draft uh, before the normal amateur draft goes on or, or whatever, but they're going to have to draft those players to pick those up so the best can get selected to go on. Now, it's going to be interesting. Uh, most of those teams are already good or, or, or fairly good, but now you're going to beef up. And so they're going to be pretty good teams when they start picking up and drafting these other, other players. And so you've said it all along, Andy, the NFL needs like a minor leagues, and that's what this is ultimately going to turn into, a minor league yeah. program or a, or a class D, they call it over in Europe, uh, NBA D, you know, the D league. Yeah. And that's where the players are going to get their, uh, their their experience. It's not going to compete with the regular season. They're going to be able to play. And it's going to give these small market cities uh, a chance to get, you know, pro teams like they've already had now. But, you know, it's going to be a better product on the field. And but I like the fact think- that Fox and ABC, ESPN are part of it. You're not getting buried on the CBS Sports Network or FS2 or some. Or TNT. Or or something be, like that. You know, they're not the main gonna networks, main channels. Big money, but these big broadcasts are going to carry these these shows to compete with spring baseball, and and once again, you know the NHL season's winding down by this point. The NBA season's winding down. College baseball and Major League Baseball haven't really started yet, and so 
it's going to pick up that market for the people who like it. Uh, it's still going to be an afterthought for the average average fan, I think. You know, yeah. but it's going to help make it combined easier for these fantasy football leagues and such that had to run USFL. The very weak, the fantasy football leagues for both these were very weak as far as companies willing to do it. Now that they're put together, it may be a better product there as well. But anyway, they're going to be starting March 30th, kicking off the season. And once again, I'm guessing it's a 10-game season, but those things have not been announced. Nothing and has been announced. The head coaches have, the teams and the cities have, have been announced. That's it. And the 30th, that's baseball starts around that time that's easter weekend throughout easter that's that you know the second wave of football because it's all going to end here on uh, january 8th you know the college football and and also the the fcs title game coming up those are the last two games now after this weekend and there will be that lull there in in january and february and march end of march it's going to be a whole new wave for this other league but we'll see how they do we'll cover it of course yeah here on the show who will be your minnesota podcast leader for the ufl Yes, we will. Now, Andy, the trivia question. Yes. Okay. Repeat the question. I think I have one of the answers. Okay. So the Seattle Kraken, only three years in the NHL league, are taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Only four. four years in the league. Two new expansion teams. But the history of this winter classic that they have outside is – for the teams to wear throwback sweaters. I turned it on today, didn't recognize from anything the sweaters that were being used. They looked goofy, strange, but I knew there was some connection to it. So the question was, <clears throat> where did they get the throwbacks from? Okay. <coughs> I know this one from my crack in history. Yes. And also, you know, Marshawn Lynch has been doing the stuff, the tours around. Um, I was watching the Seattle uh, Seahawks football game the other day. They kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, Seattle had a hockey team back in the day. Uh, I think they were there for a season or two, and they actually won the Stanley Cup one year and then moved. So they kind of got some of the graphics from them, but they incorporated the Kraken word into their kind of melded the two together from the original team back in the 50s or whatever it was, or, yeah, 50s or whatever to today kind of mixed them together. Well, you're right. The The throwbacks for Seattle was not the Kraken. They weren't around. But Seattle has a long history of, of NHL hockey and hockey, of course, up in the Pacific Northwest. It was 1917. They were around for a few years, but 1917, they won the Stanley Cup as the Seattle Metropolitans. Metropolitan, that's what it was. Metropolitans. So what they did was use the throwbacks from them. Makes sense. Fair enough. Use the Kraken. Uh, name emblazoned on that uh, S. that barber uh, role, I think is whatever it is. But everything else was the same. So that makes sense. But I don't know if the average fan knows that. Now, the, I like the, the name Golden Metropolitan Knights. for a team. I like I the like, Mets. I like that Metropolitan. Yeah, I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. You like that for some reason. Now, yeah. the Golden Knights, I, I had to do some reading. They don't have a throwback. And, in fact, there's no history in hockey, professional Ooh. hockey in Vegas. Yeah anywhere so there's nothing so here's what they did they went back and said as long as you guys are using the 1917 for seattle we'll come up with a team we'll come up with a logo and a jersey and a sweater that if the golden knights were around back in 1917 what would they look like so they got a marketing team together and said let's here's what they we think they would look like in a fake or a faw a faw throwback instead of a throwback a fallback. And so that's where the jerseys came from. There is no such thing, but 
if Golden Knights were around in Vegas in 1917, they put out there on display of the sweaters of what they envisioned it would have looked like for that time period. And so that was really all it was. Very interesting stuff. That's a trivia question. So, yes, there is no history in Vegas, but uh, the 1917 Seattle Metropolitans didn't know that. And we're here to educate. And Yes, that's what we do. All right, everyone, have a good week. We'll be back uh, next week again. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles. <clears throat>